This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. Now grab a snack and get ready for Food Fables. Thanksgiving at the original farmer's market in Los Angeles was like a Hallmark movie set. Twinkling lights wrapped around lampposts, fake snow topped the umbrellas, cornucopias sat center on the community tables, overflowing with mini pumpkins, pine cones, fall-colored leaves, and dried sprigs of cranberries. In addition to the sound of the choir, who sang at the front gate, there was always a buzzing blend of voices throughout the market. Farmers calling out their holiday deals, Locals debating their last-minute shopping list necessities. Vacationers praising the holiday specials at the food stalls. And, of course, in the quieter corner at the pie shop, there was Dimitri telling his tales. This year, he was serving up freshly baked sweet potato pie with marshmallow meringue. But he always asked each patron about his or her favorite dessert or side dish for the holiday. He was fascinated to hear how traditions as widespread as a Thanksgiving feast Connecting people across the nation also have elements that are so personal, connecting people across the dining room table. He could almost taste the flavors of the foods listed off. Skillet cornbread, pumpkin cheesecake, beet and pear salad with lemon vinaigrette, classic herb stuffing or mashed potatoes with gravy, roasted winter squash with goat cheese and poached cranberries, Brussels sprouts with shallots and hazelnuts, maple glazed carrots with pistachios, Cranberry sauce with orange and honey, chocolate pecan pie. And what is your favorite Thanksgiving side dish, young lady? Dimitri asked a young girl who was helping her father pick out their holiday pie. Candied yams, she said with a big grin. Ah, well then. Dimitri cut a slice of his sweet potato pie and, with the father's approving nod, handed it to the girl. I have a feeling you'll enjoy this, too. You see, your candied yams are actually candied sweet potatoes. Really? Dimitri winked and motioned for the girl and her father to grab a seat at the community table, where others were already gathering. He grabbed the rest of the sweet potato pie, a short stack of plates, and a handful of forks, and carried them out to the table as he continued. While many Americans might know the orange-flushed sweet potato varieties as yams, they are not the same thing. True yams are big, starchy tubers, typically with white flesh, that are native to Africa. Everything produced and sold here in America, labeled as yams, are really sweet potatoes, just like your favorite holiday candied yams. Dimitri smiled at the girl, who was already licking her pie plate clean. The word yam comes from the true yam's African name, Niyami. Colonial Americans heard the word from slaves, who saw that sweet potatoes looked similar to true yams of Africa, and hence called them by the same name. Sadly, just like many culinary so-called contributions to the American holiday, the word yam itself was taken from another culture. 
We are so very lucky to be able to enjoy the boundless, multicultural feast that is Thanksgiving, and it should not be taken for granted. It is important to acknowledge the history and culinary legacy of each individual dish, which are not all simply or uniquely American. Rather, it's a union of many cultures with a complex, often messy history, which is best to study and understand, rather than dismiss or hide. After all, it was through both ugly and beautiful moments of cultural exchange that specific ethnic traditions became part of a larger whole, like pieces of a pie. Whether you stole a piece from your neighbor out of desperation or fear or anger, Dimitri snatched up a slice of pie from the table, or you willingly decided to swap out of humanity and generosity. The girl's father smiled and extended his untouched slice to trade with Dimitri. These actions are equally essential to understand in order to piece together the whole story and the whole pie, which we should be grateful to have on our holiday table. Dimitri took a big bite, humming as he licked his lips clean of the marshmallow meringue. He paused and held his fork up in the air like a pointer finger. Ah, and speaking of the whole story, he took another big bite before continuing. You've probably heard one, if not many, of Aesop's fables. That one story I have in mind being the tortoise and the hare, with the slow and steady tortoise winning the race against his swift and snooty opponent. Before the big race, the hare had a habit of playing tricks, outfoxing every creature that crossed his path, every creature save for one clever, slow and steady tortoise. But what you might not have heard is what happened with the tortoise and the hare after the race, another attempt at trickery using sugary, rich sweet potatoes as bait. And just like the word yam, sweet potatoes alter ego, this folktale also comes from African tradition. As always, with a wipe of his napkin across his lips, like a curtain unveiling the opening act, Dimitri began his story. Dimitri spoke. After the big race, the hare was more determined than ever to finally trick his foe. And so, one day, the hare went to see the tortoise and, through his scheming smile, extended what sounded like an olive branch. Tortoise, my old friend, I think it's about time that we put all this feuding behind us. Don't you agree? What feud? I have no grudges against you. The tortoise was genuine, but still wary, as he knew all too well of the hare's reputation for making fools out of friends. Well then, friends it is. No more looking back. Let's forget the past and start fresh, perhaps with a little adventure. Though still cautious, the tortoise was also curious. What did you have in mind? The hare smiled slyly again as he leaned in. What say you and I go steal some sweet potatoes from the boar? They're so soft and sugary, moist and rich. Wouldn't they be delicious? I can just taste them now, can't you? The tortoise licked his lips as his mouth began to water. I do love sweet potatoes. Who doesn't? The hare winked, leaning in even closer. Oh, but the boar would be mad, the tortoise said, shaking his head. He might hurt us. The hare laughed, throwing his head back and holding his belly. How could he catch us? Well, I don't know. He could... Am I not the king trickster? The tortoise nodded. And you, old friend, you managed to trick me, which means you are quite wise yourself. The tortoise blushed. Well... Oh, don't be modest. The boar is not nearly as clever as you and I. We are as wise as they come. 
nothing to fear, no match for us. And how sweet those sweet potatoes would be. Mmm, delicious. Can't you imagine? The hare rambled on a bit longer, tempting the tortoise's sweet tooth and stroking his ego, until at last the tortoise agreed to the adventure. They found the boar's field and dug up enough sweet potatoes to fill two sacks. Then, together, they built a small fire to roast their winnings, and the sweet smell once again made the tortoise drool and his stomach grumble. Let's divvy them up now, the tortoise said, for he was starving. The hare agreed, and they plopped them into their separate sacks, one for tortoise, one for hare, until the bags were nearly full. Suddenly the hare stopped and stood up. Oh no, what's that? he asked with a fearful quiver in his voice. I hear the boar. I'll guard the potatoes. Tortoise, go see if the boar is coming. The tortoise only smiled. But if I go left, the boar might sneak up on you from behind on the right. I think it's best if we both go look. You go that way, I'll go this way. Then we'll meet back up here to grab our potatoes when we know the coast is clear. The hare thought for a minute and then smiled a big Grinch-like grin. You are clever, my old friend. You go left and I'll go right. They parted ways, but the tortoise did not go far. When the hare was out of sight, he crawled inside the hare's sack of sweet potatoes. Not long after, the hare returned to the scene of the crime, looked this way and that, and then... Naturally, with a triumphant smile, he dumped all of the tortoise's sweet potatoes into his own sack, throwing it over his shoulder and running away, laughing as he went. <laughs> what a fool you are, tortoise. Good luck with boar. The hare ran as quickly as he could, but the sack was heavier than he thought it would be. Eventually, when he was far enough out from boar's field and was nearly out of breath, he stopped to snack on his stolen goods. But when he reached into his sack, he pulled out only a sweet potato skin. What? the hare said, as he reached back into the sack and pulled out another skin, then another, and another. Finally, he opened the sack wide so he could look inside, and his jaw dropped at the sight that he saw. Nothing but a pile of sweet potato skins, and the tortoise sitting on top, licking his lips. The tortoise smiled triumphantly as he looked out from the bag. You were right, my friend. They were delicious. The end. Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Tune in next time for the latest food buzz. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. Bye.